0: last week's class was about the Akedah. Oh. about Avraham Avinu taking his son to the Akedah and the Torah says at the, what does she say until Avraham passes the test of the Akedah we don't know if he has complete Mesir Nefesh for Hashem only the Akedah establishes this and after the test of the Akedah Avraham Avinu was 137 years old at the time Avraham so to speak, has achieved the highest level of his spiritual condition that he'll ever have. That's essentially the idea. Now, here is a Sikha which focuses on a detail in the, in the story of the detail. And it's not even a detail in the biblical story of the Akedah. It's a story in a rashi that our sicha goes on. And uh, it's really interesting. It's, it's a rashi sicha. It's a very technical sicha. But the point that's being made is, I think, quite significant. But let's begin the conversation by stating what I would like to call the obvious, so we all know. And that is, Avraham Avinu, in a certain respect, is the greatest person who ever lived. The greatest Personal in what way? In his loyalty to HaKadosh Baruch. The Pasuk says um, that we say it every day in Davening <interpreting noise> HaShem found Avraham Avinu's heart to be Ne'emon. Ne'emon means totally loyal to him. We we have a concept of tzedek. Tzedek means righteous people. We also have a concept of successes and failures. Some people succeed, some people fail. Avram Avinu was tested ten times. That I means to say, God Almighty did everything in His power to get Avram Avinu to fail, and He couldn't get him to fail. God Himself tried ten times to get Avram to not listen to Him, and when God tries. God's pretty good at this. You know, when, when God acts at the Yeh he can be a better Yeh Tzahara than a Yeh Tzahara. And Avraham's determination, Avraham's loyalty to the commandment that he got from HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so strong that, so to speak, even God Almighty himself cannot derail Avraham Avinu from his loyalty. As they always tell you the story. This is one of my favorite thoughts. The Gemara says, I'm baba that there is a creature called a Satan. Satan's nobody's friend. Okay, Satan's a bad malach. That's it. He's a troublemaker. He's a predator, and he's <laughs> solitary. He operates alone. He has no friends. He takes no prisoners. And the Satan visits God, and God Almighty discusses with the Satan the concept of Eve, of Job. What does that mean? God Almighty discusses with the Satan the concept of another Avraham Avinu. A human being, very great, very pious, very righteous, who could turn out to be as loyal to God Almighty as Avraham Avinu was. In other words, who could be tested like Avraham Avinu was tested and pass every test. And the Gemara says that the Satan tells God Almighty, Listen to me God, no one is ever going to accuse me of being a friend of anybody. I'm not your friend. I'm not Avraham Avinu's friend. I'm certainly not a friend of the Jewish people. But I give you a guarantee there will never be another Abraham. <laughs> the Gemara says. Another Avraham Avinu, another single human being who will be as loyal to you as Avraham Avinu was. That you should be able to create another nation out of him will never happen. That's what the Gemara says. And of course the story of Eve is Hashem not believing this the Hashem says, let's test him. And uh, this guy, Eve, this Job, who's a prototype, who represents a very perfect human being, who couldn't theory be an Abraham, is tested once and tested twice and tested three times. And he passes the test and passes the test. Says the Gemara, he eventually failed. He blasphemes, he loses it. His tests are so severe, he, he loses his faith. In other words, the story of Eve is in effect saying that there's simply not going to be another Avraham, and therefore there can't be another nation of Jews, because we are who we are, because of our Zaydeh. And it's the Satan who convinces, the that there's never going to be another Avraham Avinu. In other words, Avraham Avinu's greatness is, he never questions God. God tells him to do something, and as he starts to do it, God puts his leg in front of him and makes him fall. Once, and twice, and three times. And Avraham gets up, keeps going, gets up, keeps going. Never questions God. So look on page 77. The paragraph on the right side. I'm reading what I I always do, just the underline. In other words, I'm starting in the middle of the (laughs) Sikh. You see what I'm reading? Mm -hmm. According to the simple Pshat, (laughs) it's impossible to say that Avraham should ever question God's midis, what God is doing. Rashi stated it before that all of the tests, particularly the last of the 10 tests, what is the test ultimately? If he will question, if he will doubt, if he will object to what Hashem tells him to do. God gives him one instruction, go to Canaan, and then he's forcing him to leave. God contradicts himself with Abraham all the time. He gives him one set of rules, and then God does not allow him to keep those rules. Not only does he not, not listen to God, not only does he not verbally protest God, he doesn't even think. God tells him to do something, God makes it impossible to do it, that's God's business, he's got to do his. That's the degree of Avram Avinu's loyalty. Says so the Rebbe, I'm reading only the underlined Avraham Avinu al This makes Avraham even greater than Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu is considered the greatest. But when it comes to loyalty when it comes to never questioning a Baruch Hu Avram is even greater than Moshe Rabbeinu Baruch As we read in Rashi later on Hashem says to Meishet Rabbeinu, Hirhat al You questioned me. What happened? Meishet Rabbeinu comes back to Egypt, and he's instructed by God to take the Jews out of Egypt, by going to the Pharaoh and making all kinds of threats. Right? What does Meishet Rabbeinu accomplish by doing all these things? Who remembers? The Pharaoh's decrees become even worse. Instead of Meishet helping the Jewish people leave, he makes it like And comes to and says, Whoa, 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 Ebishet. I thought I was supposed to be doing good things. Look, I'm destroying them. I'm making it harder for them. Hashem says, you know, you are a Avraham, and I tripped him up, not once, not twice, not three times, but over and over and over again. He never questioned me. I tripped you up once, rather than coming with complaints. (laughs) Like Avraham, not like Avraham, I first told him, I told Avraham that Yitzchak is going to be the father of his nation. Then I told him, make him into a Korban. Not only did he not defy what I told him to do. Not only did he not verbally object to what I was now telling him, he didn't even think it. So Avraham Avinu's loyalty was he'll do whatever he's told, he'll never object verbally, and he won't even think. Maybe the just mixed up. Bottom of the first column, page 77, therefore, Vada is no question. When you talk about Avraham Avinu's loyalty, even when the story of the Akedah finishes, that the contradictions become even bigger, okay? Abraham never questions Avraham. This is the introduction to the Seych. Avraham Avinu may not have been the greatest Jew or the greatest soul, but he was the most loyal. And as ridiculous as human sacrifice is, God tells him, take his son, he takes his son. God tells him, to put him on the altar, he puts him on the altar. God tells him to take him off, takes him off. No question. Which leaves off us with a question. What's the question? The question is the beginning of the sikh. Go back to the first paragraph and you see the question. But girls, let's repeat ourselves. Let's summarize and set the stage one more time. Avraham Avinu may not be the greatest, but he is the most loyal. Most loyal means he never does against the wishes of God, never speaks against the wishes of God, never thinks against the wishes of God. But there seems to be one exception. You know what the exception is? Avraham is 99 years old. Hashem tells him to make a bris and promises him a son. And he says, the son that's going to be born after the bris is going to be the father of your nation. Avraham says, I'm an old man. My wife is infertile. And I already have a son. Yishmal is thirteen. Ishmael be the father? Of no, no. Yitzchak. Okay. No object. No problems there. He makes a bris. The following, Yitzchak is born. Yitzchak grows up. Yitzchak is a wonderful child. Because of Yitzchak, Yishmal is thrown out of the house. Yitzchak is thirty-seven years old. Avram has made, as they say in biology, an incredible investment in his son Yitzchak. He's put everything into his son Yitzchak. One fine day after 37 years of an investment in a son, whom Avram never even asked for, God Almighty comes down to Avram and forgive my French, and tells Avram you to take this boy that you've just now invested 37 years in your life in, which I gave you when you didn't even want him, and kill him. Murder him. Put him on an altar and kill him. Avram takes his son to Jerusalem, puts him on an altar, is ready to kill him? Moreover, Yitzhak is collaborating. Yitzhak finds out that there's no sheep. Why is there no sheep? Because he's the sheep. And he keeps walking with his father. No problems. Does Avram object? No. Does Avram speak out? No. He doesn't even think. He puts his on the Mizbech. He ties him down. And he picks up a knife. And God says, stop it. Stop. Don't touch him. Take him off. And by the way, God doesn't tell him to stop, by the way. Who tells him to stop? Angel. An angel. There's an incredible, incredible story, which is very wonderful, and I'll insert it here because it's relevant. We all know about the terrible division between Hasidim and Misnagdim. 200 and something years ago, there was a terrible machloyk Hasidim and Misnagdim. The Alterebbe, the Vilna Gaon, you know a little bit of the history. The Misnagdim made a chedim, made a ban, an excommunication against Hasidim. The great Gaon of Vilna, the great, great sage of Gaon of Vilna, signed on that document. That document is extant. I've seen pictures of it. All the great Rabbonim in Vilna and Shklov signed that document. Except for one. Except for a few. But the one who didn't sign was the greatest of the disciples of the Vilna Gon himself. His name was Abchaim of Eloshim. He wouldn't sign. Abchaim of So they came to Abchaim of Eloshim with a question. Your Rebbe is the Vilna Gon. He's like a malach. He's like an angel. Malach Hashem says he's an angel of God. He is signing the Chaytim. In fact, the way it worked was, he was sitting in his room, the Vilna Gaon was sitting in his room, then I bought him lined up by the door, they came in one by one, and in the presence of the Vilna Gon, they signed this bed. Your Rebbe is like an angel, why won't you sign? Subhanallah said, there's a wonderful lesson in the Torah. God Almighty tells his son, Avramavinu, Avinu, take your son and put him on an altar and offer him up as a sacrifice, kill him. Then when he puts him up, on the altar. He's about to kill him. God might tell him to take him off. Yeah, but There's a difference. When it says to Avraham to put him on the altar, it says God tells him himself. When it says take him off the altar, he sends an angel. What's the lesson? To save a Jew is enough an angel. My rebbe is an angel. But to kill a Jew, you have to be God yourself. And he's not God. <laughs> this was his word To save a Jew is enough a Malach. But to kill a Jew has to be the Ibish himself. My Reb is a no, he's a Malach, but he's not God. And he to, it's a mood story. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. Okay. Here's the problem. Hashem tells his Avram Avinu, this loyal, loyal, loyal son of his, take your son, who you never asked for, I gave him to you. I promised you to be the father of your nation. You raised him and made a thirty-seven year investment in him, kill him. What does Avram do? Not a word. Puts him on the mizbeach. Hashem says, take him off. Right? Avram takes him off. And now Avram complains. Now. Now Avram, for the first time in his life, Avram opens his mouth. He plots us. Look at the beginning of the Sikh. Beginning now, page 76. The lines that are underlined. Vayemer, God Almighty, says to Abraham through a malach, do not extend your hand to the boy. Don't do anything to him. There's plenty of copies because finally now, your deity, I know ki'reeily kim atav again that your God fear. He tells him, take him off the mizbeach. But he doesn't simply tell him, take him off the mizbeach. He says to him, don't touch him. Okay. Now Rashi says, Rashi says, Hashem don't kill him. So Rashi says, okay, I won't kill him, but I'll draw a little blood, a little blood. I draw a little blood. there will be a shstickle card. He says, "No, no, don't even draw a drop of blood. Don't do anything to him. Don't touch him." Hashem told him that to me the father of his nation. Hashem tells him to kill him. Avram doesn't say a word. Now Hashem tells him, "Don't kill him." So Avram says, "Okay, I won't kill him. I'll draw a little blood." And Hashem says, "No, don't touch him." All of a sudden, Avram plots this. Terrible timing. If there was a time to complain, it would have been before. Now he's complaining. It says the Rebbe Alki Ata Yedaiti. Rashi says on the word kati adati. Maybe he quotes a statement in the Gemara from Abba. Amale Avraham Avraham for the first time in his 137 years speaks up, and he says to the Abish that I can't figure you out. Afadesh lefanachasi chasi I'm going to present you my my misunderstanding. Esme lamartali a long time ago you told me kibuyitcho that Yitzchak is the father of my nation. I never asked you for Yitzhak. I had a Yishmol. Yishmol. could very well be the father of my nation. It was you who told me, Yitzchok is the father of my nation. I was very happy to have two sons, no problem. And then you came to me 38 years on and said to me, Kach naz bincha. Take this boy whom I promised you and who you didn't ask for, who you've just invested 37 years of energy and time and life into and kill him. What did I do? Huh? I didn't complain. I did exactly what you said. But then it says, Ach Emily, Now you're telling me, Al tish yot Don't touch him. Abraham said, I don't understand. I never asked you for him. You gave him to me. Then you told me I should kill him. I didn't complain. Then you told me I should keep him. Now I don't understand. It could be a man, to him. As they say in Yiddish, Oh, that I that I had. You want me to kill him or not to kill him? What are you doing to me? This is what Avraham Avinu says. So God Almighty says to Avraham Avinu will not, I will not make my covenant plain. What I speak, I will not change. When I told you to take your son and put him on the altar, I am not going to change my words because God doesn't say kill him; God says raise him up. Kach noz bin, take your son of and raise him up. So Avraham Avinu's assumed raise him up, means making him me into an offering. He says, no, no, no. Ha'aleu means raise him up. Put him up. says, Rashi, Ha'aleu, you put him up. Aske, you put him up. Achte, take him off. That's all. I never told you to make him into a carbon. I told you to raise him up. You raise him up, take him down. And of course, the million dollar question is, why is Avram complaining now? His whole life he's never complained. Hashem tells him to kill his own son. He doesn't either complain. Hashem then tells him, don't kill your own son and don't touch him. Now he's complaining. The timing is terrible. What's the logic of Avram Avinu's complaint now? You get the question? It's a brilliant question. And you know what the answer is? Isn't it, it? Avram wasn't complaining now either. This was not a complaint. In other words, when you say about Avram Avinu, that Avraham Avinu's loyalty to HaKadosh Baruch Hu was so strong that God would give him a shlichus. And God would not let him fulfill it. And Avram wouldn't say, boo, is now true as well. The complaint is not, I don't understand what you're doing to me. The complaint is not, I can't trust you anymore, I can't figure you out. The complaint is something else entirely. Now let's find out. Page 77. Near the end of the page, Avram was speaking to Akadish Baruch. Not to complain, not to protest, not to doubt, not to question, but to understand in effect what God is telling him. In other words, Avram's not complaining. He's saying, What are you telling me to do? What are you telling me to do? Yeah, I have children. I know which of my children is more likely to help me if I ask them to do something. I know which of my children are less likely to help me if I ask them to do something. Moreover, I know which kinds of things which child is more likely to help me with and which kinds of things another child is more likely to help me with. So which child I think I'm going to ask to help me with a particular task. The one is more likely to help me or the one is more likely not to help. Huh? Well, that depends on what kind of parent you are and your rules of education. But common sense would say, if something gets done, you tell them to do it, you turn to the child that's most likely to help you. you turn to the child that's most likely to help you in this area and say, help me. Correct? So imagine you have a task to do. And you have a child who likes to help and he's good at this particular task. You say, no, I'm not asking you, I'm asking him. He doesn't like to help and he's not good at this. So the child who normally would be asked to help and particularly to help, in this question, wait, what about me? I'm the one who helps, right? This is what's going on here. Avram is not saying, I object to what you're saying. Avraham Avinu is suspecting that the Evishti is pulling back. Turn the page. Page 78. It says that ever. The Hine. Top of page seventy eight. said before, Al tishchat do not extend your hand to kill your son don't kill him says, fine I won't kill him but if i don't kill him that means this trip was a waste of time let me make a little cut and I'll extract a little bit of blood so I will have come here for a purpose you told to make him into a carbon the carbon is not going to be his life it's going to be a little blood on God Almighty said, "Altaas leimumah, do not touch him." Translates Rashi, "Altaas beimum, do not even make him blemished." Hainu. This means another word. Avraham and the malach are in an argument. Avram, which is to make the smallest wound in Yitzchak. and the malach, speaking on behalf of God, tells him, "Altaas leimumah, do not touch him. Altaas beimum, do not make any blemish." What's going on? Says the Rebbe, after the Malach says to Avram, don't kill him. And Avram says to the Malach, so I'll give a little cut. And the Malach says, don't make any cut. This is when Avram complains. Zeh, avra, sezu. Now Avram is complaining. Why? So again, without the help of this Sikhi, you would assume that Avram just can't take it anymore. He's so confused. He's so torn in two directions. He says, God, I can't figure you out. Says the Rebbe, that's not at all what's going on. Avram Avinu's loyalty even at this moment is not suffering. Avram Avinu always trusts what Abisha tells him, keep him alive, kill him, save him, and keep him alive. It's all the same to Avraham Avinu. What's Avram Avinu's issue? Third paragraph on page 78. It says Fahazbar it like this follows. La Avraham Omar. Hashem says Avram, don't kill your son. So when Hashem says Avram, don't kill your son, what does Avram say? so if I don't do anything my son my trip he was a waste i will make the slightest wound in him correct I won't kill him. i will make him a little blood when says no do not touch him he says the Rebbe so now Avram is thinking Hashem just told me to kill my kid then he tells me I shouldn't kill my kid and he says don't touch him what's Avraham thinking this is part of Hashem's tests, or maybe it's because Hashem doesn't trust me enough. Maybe Hashem is pulling back. He's saying, I pushed him, I pushed him, I'm not pushing him anymore. That's what Avram is objecting to. Avram is not objecting to why Hashem is making him crazy. Avram is thinking that maybe the Abishta is deciding that Avram can't be pushed so far, and that's an objection. Let's see it inside. خاص و ابراهیم ورامو thinks اولى attempt and staved artish akhyat khabega the commandment was given not to kill him who the fish a he's not worthy of this test velo amad bin sayin that the boy has somehow he had failed the test why ki libe eini somehow someplace in his heart he's not completely sincere the afsha mokhon the kaim sibez though he's prepared to do this commandment In fact, he's thinking bad thoughts about Evishter. He's not being allowed to fulfill the commandment of Kachno. What does the say to Evishter? Did I do something wrong? That's what he said. Did I do something wrong? You gave me a child. You want to take that child from me. I ask you at least let me give you something of that child. And you say you want nothing. Could it be that you, you don't trust me anymore? Maybe maybe you're pulling back. Maybe the loyalty that was the traditional bond in Rabbi and the Abish is being compromised. And his complaint is not how come he's confused by Abish's actions. His complaint is are you holding back? Is there something you really want from me that you're not asking me to do because you somehow lost trust? That's the complaint. In other words, Avraham's complaining is not a complaint. Avraham is saying, Eivishter, did I do something wrong and not even realize it? Did I do something to lose your trust that I don't know about? And Eivishter says, no, you didn't lose my trust, but don't touch it. And that's what the Sikha says. okay, kachno, he's thinking maybe he's not being allowed to do the fulfillment of kachno. V'chosh of Avraham, mm-hmm. page 78, first column, last full paragraph, Avraham is thinking, Avraham offers to make a little cut and to draw a little blood from Yitzchak. And the Malach tells him, don't do it. Avraham is thinking, why does the Malach tell him not to do it? Because he doesn't deserve it. He somehow is wrong. Avraham is missing something. Bottom of page 78 in last paragraph. Because Avraham is thinking, that Avraham change of heart. Don't kill your son. Keep him alive. Don't even draw a drop of blood. Which allows Avraham Avinu to think that the Ibish is somehow pulling back. Him, Sheikh Avraham, little Avraham, decides to complain. I want to tell you what's going on in my head. Top of the second column. So you have over here, what? A brilliant innovation. We have a story about a man who never complains. And he files his first complaint. But there's no reason to file complaints at all. So we're thinking that maybe Abraham is finding a complaint because he can't take it anymore. He says, no, he can't file a complaint because he wants God to know, I can take more. I can take more. Don't have mercy on me. Don't pull back. If you think this has to be done, he's thinking that the Abish did is pulling back. His complaint is Abish did Is there something I did wrong that you're punishing me for and not allowing me to draw my son's blood? And the Shtir says, no, you have done nothing wrong but this is the way it has to be. Next paragraph. Vatam The reason that he thinks that the Abish they somehow upset with him It's because he thought this was the commandment originally. His beard, he explained it to himself. But Amry, when it says yesterday you told me you father of my nation, then you told me take my son as a carbon. Achshav now, at the you're telling me don't make him into a carbon. Claim in other words, the heaven in the from the beginning, Avraham couldn't understand how you're going to keep your smaller alive and bring a carbon. Hashem tells him, "Do not kill him." you could say Hashem is saying, "I'm going to fulfill both psukim." I see by drawing a little bit. Avraham is thinking, God gives him tasks, and then God changes them. Fine, God knew what he wants. But when the change that God makes is to take away a task that he gave him before completely, Avraham says, why are you taking this task away? Because I shouldn't do it? Or because I'm not worthy of doing it? That's the complaint. The complaint is not, I'm confused. The complaint is, let me draw a little blood. Let there be some kind of carbon. Hashem says, don't touch him. Avraham says, why? It doesn't make sense. You made me come here to bring him as a carbon. Now you're changing your mind. Let me draw a little blood. And Hashem says, don't touch him. Page 78, the second paragraph from the bottom second column. That's what's going on here. Let me make a little wound. Then he'll be able to fulfill everything Hashem said. He'll be able to fulfill all three instructions. Hashem says to Avraham, your son is going to be the father of my nation. He's still alive. Hashem says, make him into a carbon. He put him on his back and he drew a little blood. He took him off to his back and saved his life. But even though he took him off to his back and saved his life, since he drew a little blood, it's um, fulfilling both. So Avram says, you want him to live, he's living. You want him to be a carbon, let's draw a little blood. You want i going to take him off, I'll take him off. But when Hashem says, don't draw blood, Avram says, what about the carbon? You told me to make him into a carbon, I'm taking him off, I'm not drawing blood. Are you holding back on me? That's his complaint. But the last paragraph, page seventeen, and the answer is: My endeavor was not to make you a carbon. My endeavor was to raise you up to the level of Yiris Hashem. There is no lack. He was never held back from doing the divine commandment. Which means. Hashem never said to make him into a Karban. Hashem simply said to put him on the Mizbeach. And because Hashem said to put him on the Mizbeach, when Nimze, it turns out, Avraham is thinking that the fact that Hashem is not letting him draw any blood, that Hashem is holding back. And Hashem says, no, Avraham Avinu, you don't understand. I didn't want a carbon at all. I wanted you. I got you. I don't need it anymore. So let's talk it over. What's Avram complaining and what's Abishta answering him? Avram says to Abish, listen, Abishta, I trust you. I am loyal to you. I don't need to ask you any questions. But I want you to trust me. I want you to let me do your work. When you tell me I shouldn't even draw blood from Yitzchak, what I'm hearing is that you're pulling back. And Avram, Abishta answers him, You're right. You are loyal to me. I trust you completely. You do everything I say. But you're making a mistake. I never was interested in you as a carbon at all. I was interested in you as a carbon, and I got that carbon already. If the message was make Yitzhak a carbon, and now Hashem changes his mind, just take him off the mezbeach. Avraham is right. Let me draw a little blood. I'll make a carbon also. So the, and, and, and because Hashem doesn't let him take a little blood, blood Avram is thinking maybe I did something wrong and the Abishat Avram Avinu was never about Yitzchak was always about you and whatever I needed to get from you I got already so the logic here is what the Rebbe is doing the paradigm shift of this Sikha is we start off the Sikha by thinking Avram finally loses it and we finish the Sikha by saying Avram never lost it to so the contrary, he was as sharp as ever. He says to the Abish, I don't understand, why are you losing your hope in me? And Hashem, I haven't lost any hope in you. So Avram says, if you haven't lost any hope in me, why can't I draw a little blood? And Abraham, Abish says, you already have. But not Yitzchak's blood, your own. That's what I wanted the whole time. It was never about Yitzchak. I wanted to see your fear of God and I saw it, leave him alone. Get it. So the, 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 the assumption with which the Seychah began is that Avraham is assuming that this is about Yitzchak being a Karbim. And therefore when Hashem doesn't let him do what he complains, and the conclusion is it was never about Yitzchak being a Karbim, it was about Avraham showing himself to be God-fearing. Once that was determined, Yitzchak is left alone because it was never Yitzchak in the first place. Girls, look up page 79, bottom of the first column. al kochach HaTzharach Lem. repeats repeat sounds like this. Shedivri HaKadosh Baruch. This is the conclusion of the Sikha. When Hashem tells Avraham Avinu, don't touch him, take him off the altar, don't touch him, and now I know you're God-fearing. It says, didn't simply come to explain to him the reason for the test of the Akeidu. It's answering Avraham Avinu's question. Avraham Avinu made the mistake of thinking that Hashem was upset at him. And the abish's answer is, al lemesh it's true. I'm not. I'm asking you not to touch your son's yitzchak, because the purpose, that arkay, has already been fulfilled. in other words, When Avraham hears the instructions, don't kill him. second Even though Hashem told him to do it, that he understood. Perhaps the reason, the Shem is not letting him fulfill the mitzvah, he doesn't deserve it. Maybe he did something wrong and Hashem is taking away this opportunity from him. Right? In other words, the commandments do not touch. It's not a fault in Avram Avinu because Hashem says Avram, don't touch him. Not because Hashem doesn't trust Avram Avinu, because Hashem never said to touch him in the first place. Hashem said simply to put him on his beach. You put him on his beach, you take him off.